Irashay, Irashay! Welcome to a bonus Clavi episode, yes. I did not put out a episode on my birthday, so you get a bonus little segment. Today's topic is a question brought to you by Mochihari. Oh, hello, this is a Mochihari. Uh, today's question I have gotten from uh, a listener, and uh, it is a uh, oh mochi. Uh, what is this uh, a coffee uh, tasting? Yes, uh, what is the coffee coffee tasting? Great question, mochi. Great question. I'm glad I have a good secretary like you to take care of all my fan mail and appointments. Yes, if you need to book an appointment, mochi Hari will make sure. You see me. So coffee tasting, what what is that about? What are why well, you could just Google it and boom, there's your answer. Aha, but you're not here for the simple answer, you're here for the long complex answer. The answer that makes a little finesse, a little explanation as it were. So the first part of a classic coffee tasting is the uh, smell. And I would say a good point to start this is before you even grind the coffee beans, right? Get a good smell of the coffee, right? That classic coffee smell uh, before you grind it. And then you get it a smell again after you grind it. So you can kind of compare those two smells. For coffee cupping, which is a bit more of a, a intensive of a process, you do uh, take more... Uh, kind of notes and grading and stuff like that and there is components where you are formally smelling the coffee as it's wet as it's dry uh, not before ground but you know just for your experience right because when you buy coffee you can buy it as the bean or pre-ground i'd recommend as per most coffee companies would uh, starbucks as well to uh, have your coffee ground as close to when you drink it as possible. So obviously, obviously, the closest way physically possible would be you know right before you drink it. That ensures the coffee is fresh, the quality is good, right? You are getting good, fresh, happy coffee, right? If you let it sit, it starts dissipating the aroma, the smell, all that good stuff into the atmosphere, and then, and then your coffee is okay. Uh, this is one of those classic things that, you know, what makes a good cup of coffee, right? The, the coffee, right? The, the actual coffee itself, right? You want good quality beans, not, you know, not the defect ones, not the crappy, you know, Maxwell stuff. You want good stuff and you want to ground close to. There's also the um, idea that, you right, uh, most roasters will date their coffee uh, when it was roasted. Starbucks doesn't do this, which is... Curious and could lead to a myriad of discussion. Why? Why is that not knowledge? As a lot of small roasters disclose this information, right? It's it gives you, a, I think, a better picture and glimpse of what is going on, how it is going on. This, you know, transparency is a nice thing as a consumer, especially when you're dealing with, you know, you want the good taste and a you know, good product. So. A curious point that on the Starbucks bags they do not disclose the roast. Although 
if you do the uh, Starbucks traceability, like, Clavi, what the hell is that? Starbucks traceability? I ain't never done none, dog, dig, dog, dig, none, never heard of that, Clavi. You're like, yes, you've never heard of that. That is correct. It is, it is something you have not heard of indeed, but it is an initiative by Starbucks itself to educate the consumer of the coffee that you are drinking. Like, actually, yes, this is the thing. So on the back of all the Starbucks bags, there is a code which you can either uh, scan or uh, type into like a web browser. The, the browser will offer you either option to, uh, you know, input that information. So from there, it will then let you know where the coffee is from and kind of the whole process from bean to harvested bean to, you know, final bag that you're getting. So each section like so the first section would be like your farmer section they'll interview a farmer at whatever farm wherever tell you about them usually it's something like when did you first drink coffee uh, what is something you'd like the drinkers of this coffee to know what is a curious something about coffee that you would like to let our customers know? stuff like that and it really does showcase the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes uh, also give you a little bit more perspective on like you know that you know, Starbucks is dealing with farmers all over the world. Then the second step is, you know, interviewing a roaster, right? Because the beans can't be drank, dr drunken, drinking, cannot be consumed unless they are uh, uh, roasted. Uh, and conveniently in the New York City, there is the Starbucks roastery. Actually, yes, it is one of the reserve roasteries. Uh, it is one of a small handful of locations in the world to offer the finest quality of the Starbucks beans and flavors and taste stuff and very good food as well. So that is one location. There's other ones too, like I think in Chicago, other major cities that they will say, oh, you know, blah, blah, Billy Bob or Bob or Diane or John or whatever roasted your beans, something similar questions like when did you first drink coffee? It's good stuff to kind of know perspective wise on what lets things happen that, um, you know, there's a bit of, of things going on with coffee that, you know, a lot of steps in it, and it's a cool little, cool thing. Now, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, so the traceability app, which lets you know more about the coffee and when it was, uh, how fresh it is and stuff. Uh, it also tells you a bit about the origin, or if it's a, uh, a blend, so a, a coffee made of beans from multiple regions and areas. Uh, it'll let you know those specific regions, a little more about each, kind of the makeup, uh, the tasting notes, what to pair it with. Uh, so it is a nice initiative by Starbucks to educate the customer on a bit more of coffee if they choose so. But it, here, here is the issue. Here is the issue. Like, it, nobody knows about it. And it's not even advertised, like, in-store, right? I guarantee you, none of you have walked to a Starbucks and been like, oh, this traceability thing. It, no, you've never seen it. And now I'm here telling you about it. You're like, what? It's like, yes. Next time you go to Starbucks, if you look on the back of any bag, you just grab one as you're sitting there. Be like, hey, I just want to take a look at this bag. And you say, you know, you Google Starbucks traceability. It'll get bring it to the browser. Be like, wow, like, why is Starbucks not just like telling people about this? Great question. Because they just want to make money. They don't really care. Like, right? Like, if they really cared about this, not cared, wrong word, but more like if it was a major priority. 
then yes, that would be a thing. Uh, their major party is, you know, making money and selling lots of, you know, drinks of, you know, milk-flavored coffee variety, which is fine. That's that's what they do. That's what people buy. That's what's popular, right? If you're a business, you sell what people buy. You know, most consumers or customers of Starbucks don't drink black coffee. It's a um, more of the the uh, like I said, milk-flavored coffee. No, milk with a slight hint of coffee. Something like that. You you know, you get what I'm saying. I get what I'm saying. And, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, it is what it is. But now you know, like, right, if you would love to learn a bit more about your next, let's say, whatever coffee you buy, if you buy reserve coffee from uh, one of the roasteries, or you can get reserve coffees at, I forget, the, what's the word? I don't know if they say it's a reserve store, but there are a few stores, like, in each state that do sell like I believe it's usually two of the current reserve offerings uh, right the roastery obviously has like a better not a better but a greater uh, selection and including these as well as a few other ones that are unique to the roastery because it isn't right a tourist destination it's supposed to be something unique to let's say like you know the one in New York the one in Tokyo the one in Milan that right when you go there you, you are experiencing something that you could not experience somewhere. Which is, this is right, this is life, right? You want to experience cool stuff. So, going back to coffee, because I, I kind of sidetracked it, right? The the key of the first step, right? We're going back, we're smelling the coffee, getting to know the smell of the coffee, and we want to, like, appreciate that. You could take notes if you want, but, like, really not necessary. If that's not your thing, you can do more, like... Um, you know, just like, oh, like, you'd be like, oh, I like the smell, right? I don't like the smell, or I think it smells like nuts, or, you know, you read the description, you're like, oh, that's what I'm smelling. And then as you get more familiar, you can better use the words to your advantage of saying, oh, this is a nutty coffee, or this is a, an acidic coffee, this is a whatever coffee. And as you get better and better, or more acclimated to the different varietals, then there you go, your smell will get better and better. So... After you smell the coffee, obviously the next part is to taste it. And honestly, the process as a whole is pretty similar to like any drink or fluid based taste testing kind of thing, right? Same with like beers or wines or whiskeys. Uh, honestly, if you've tasted or done something like that or a flight of like whiskeys or wine or stuff like that, honestly, you, you pretty much already know what to do. I'm just kind of bringing this more specifically to coffee. Uh, but also, right, letting you know that once you are good at, with this, with coffee, you can transat, transition that to whatever other beverages you enjoy, right? So whiskey would be more, right, more, more of like an earthiness in general, or even like right, smelling tequila, vodkas. You could do, obviously, wines. Obviously, there's like tons of wines out there. So with the whole like slurping and tasting part, uh, you want to kind of get it all over your tongue, which you've, if you've done wine tasting, you know you that's a very important part. You want to kind of feel how it feels on uh, each part of your tongue, and that kind of indicates the type of coffee, or you know how acidic it is, the body, and the all that fun goodies. Now after that. The Starbucks method says you want to locate and describe. So you want to you know, kind of figure out where, where are things going on in your mouth. Like, where are you tasting? What? How are you tasting it? 
how would you describe things? And I mean, you, right, the same thing with wine, right? As you're tasting stuff, you'd say, oh, this is a, uh, a coffee that is very, very yummy or you know, whatever. It's the kind of coffee that you enjoy, coffee you don't enjoy. And that's the basics of a coffee tasting that you basically are trying it. You're it's kind of like, like sitting in your mouth, just kind of, kind of just seeing what it is. And you could do this anywhere, anytime, right? I, I can do, do the, ugh, I can lead you in one of these at any point as well. It's a fairly easy thing to do for like one coffee. And the fun is when you start pairing it with different foods to bring out certain notes of the coffee or to enhance the taste experience by uh, Taste of Italia and the Journey to the Rainbow Cookie Town are two taste experiences I have recently developed in in the least last uh, week or so. So yes, stay tuned if you'd like to experience those. I am I'm eagerly awaiting your how do you say um, requests. And if you don't request, I'll just have it myself. So haha, joke is on you. Either way, I will drink coffee and enjoy it. Ha ha ha! So, yes, this is your bonus episode. Just a little bit more about that tasting. Um, another one I'll do on, like, more of the cupping. The cupping basically is the same thing in essence. A bit more, like, intensive. There is, like, a, a rubric of the Specialty Coffee Association where you can more specifically kind of grade the coffee. And there's, like, a point scale. And if, like, same with wine. Like, I score it's supposed to be good. But then it's, like, what is good to you? What is good to me? Like, this coffee could have a high score, but you're like, it tastes like crap. And that's kind of the case usually because just, you know, you just don't know it. Same with wine, right? If you don't know the wine, you're like, wow, this is a 90-point wine. It tastes okay. And you taste like a $15 bottle, and you're like, oh, this is, I like this. And, you know, same with coffee. As long as you like it, it's good. It's great. There you go. So, if you see what I see, and you feel what I feel, and you seek what I seek, well, I'll be here next time waiting for you. Until next time, Clavi out.